Hey guys, welcome to the After Church Podcast, where we take what we hear on Sunday and apply it to our lives on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day that ends in Y. Anyway, today we are talking about Romans 7 and what we have described as the most human chapter in the Bible. We're talking about how Paul discusses his struggle with sin, even though he's a believer, how he struggles with sin. And it just felt like, man, yeah, me too. We all relate. And you're going to hear some uh, real life stories too from Cameron Moore, who is associate pastor at Eastridge South. And you'll hear from uh, Kurt Petersheim, who is the pastor at Eastridge East. That's hard for me to remember. I'm getting old. All right, we're going to jump in the podcast. Canceled. <laughs> Can't do this now. Look, this morning, I was just doing the stare for fun. I pulled up, and Kurt was getting out of his truck. And I just like rolled the window, and I was staring. He's like, what the crap, man? I thought you like wanted to say something. And I was like... He just stopped his truck and was like, like you're saying yeah, something yeah, to somebody. Yeah. And I was like, hey, what's up? So then when he I went in the looked building, at me and I'm like... When I went in the building, I'm going downstairs and you can always kind of catch Kurt. So I stopped and I looked again. He's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you, what are you, how are you doing that? <laughs> Go to sleep. Be with the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just tell me to die? Yes. I think there's a kind in the way Lord, of saying, though, it's rest. It's oh, your sleep. I don't even know. You have no concept of time. So no concept. Somebody at church uh, on Sunday told me congratulations um, because the thing is they thought their wife had told them that somebody was pregnant and they thought they remembered that it was Kristen Ooh, she's fun. not pregnant. So he came up to me and he's like, hey, man, congratulations. And I was like, Appreciate it. Yeah, and I was like, what? He's like, you sure there's nothing big going on in your life right now? And I do like, something awesome? What I'm them? like, it's like totally messing with me, which now it's hilarious because You're I want to do that to everybody. <laughs> just yeah. tell them congratulations. Like, I'm like, hey, didn't something big happen in your life? You just end it there. All right. You did like something walking, awesome this week. I'm like sure. a walking fortune cookie? <laughs> yeah, dude, Just so leave funny. it hanging? Hey, congratulations are in order for you. Yeah, Something big has happened in your life. Yeah, it was hilarious. Like, it totally messed me up. I was like, now here's what's funny I think I've probably done that to people before accidentally like hey man I'm probably that guy yeah. I know I am now at my age I'm probably doing it all the time I don't even know it like hey man congratulations where'd it go alright man talk to you later <laughs> I did oh this is funny it's kind of the same thing but at the church we were at in Kentucky um, I, I played very often like two or three Sundays out of the month and and then played music yeah okay. I, yeah I was playing guitar or doing something in some capacity on stage um, with the instruments and one Sunday I, I wasn't on there and the pastor came up to me after we were kind of talking I didn't play and he was like we were about to leave and so the way he closed it he was like hey great job today yes I and I went Ah, because <laughs> I didn't want to say I didn't play, and then yeah, so it just kind of yeah, <laughs> and then forever he was like, that was the weirdest response I've ever gotten to. Great job today, just yeah. say glory be to the Lord. But I've since used that's kind of my response. If people say something I didn't actually do, mm -hmm. well, nah. unless it's like clear, I was like, oh, that was not me at all, you know. But right. If, but if it would kind of embarrass them, then I'm just like, yeah. nah. <laughs> but look, what if? What if he were saying? Hey man, in your absence today, great job. That's true. Great in job. In which case, I still work. That's right. Ah. <laughs> what can I say? I mean, you got some great volunteers, man. Thanks, Jacob. Yeah. Well, yeah, if somebody says that, just take it as in your mind, he's saying great job for whatever you did actually do. Yeah. Right? Or congratulations for whatever you actually did that was recently good. <laughs> that yeah, big that, thing in your life. You know? Yeah. And just always be like, thanks, man. I appreciate thanks. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Ah. We should probably get started. We are started. No. Oh. 
I, I can promise you, Jacob, was, Jacob was rolling, going, "This is it. This is the good stuff." This is, this is, this is well, it. I do want to start by saying, um, Cameron prayed for us right before we started, and we got Jacob on the ones and twos back here. You can't see him; all, he's off screen. Ones and twos? I don't know. I think that's what they call like DJ. Is that what, <laughs> okay. is that a thing? Jacob's on the ones and twos. I'll be on the eights and nines. <laughs> don't don't hijack my story. Look, what I was saying was. <laughs> Cameron was praying for us, and it was a very sweet prayer. And he goes, "Thank, thank you for Eastridge, where we all, where Jacob and Cameron and Kurt had the privilege of growing up." Then he left me out well, because can... I'm I've been here since a long time, and I'm an old man. And you then you were like, and and you know for for being around Trey, that was I mean he's been here a long time. In your prayer, I, I just thought that was very you know. Sweet. You're way okay. older Sweet. than us, Trey. That's just the point. I can't get over that. I, I don't think that's the case. I think you're wrong. Have you been, well, I don't mean this to also like be like an old comment. Have you been here longer? <laughs> it's going to be an old Which comment. means it's going to be an old <laughs> Longer <laughs> than sure. before like you weren't here? Have you been here longer Have than you yes. been here longer than Ooh. you weren't here? Yes. 20 years. Nice. And we're 32. The church is like 33. <laughs> 30. Probably, at 34. This, this year. year would be 30. Church would be 34 years old. And you've been here, what? 20. 20. Yeah. Gosh, two two different stints, but yeah, okay. Because I was I was here and then not here for a while, so right. that's why. Like my wife kept you in the nursery when you were three. I don't know if you remember yeah. this, but I don't remember. But okay, but I believe you. You and Oki and uh, uh, Seth Banks. Seth yes, Banks. there it is. There's a trio. Yeah, There's do you remember trio. you were in? Like, we were in the East Side High School, <laughs> and the your classroom was the band room. And you guys, like, it drove Alana crazy. She could not keep them away from the big timpani drums. Like, they wanted to go over them, boop, 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 you know, three years old. They're like, this is the greatest thing ever. Look at all these toys. That's funny. Probably don't want this on going out on film forever, but that's, <laughs> yeah. we had we had three-year-olds playing with band instruments. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. But, you know, that was 20 years ago. Just so you know. So, yeah. 20 years, 20, how many years ago? 29. 29. So, like, 26, 26 years ago. ago. Whew. Guys, we're good at math. Yeah, yeah. Math is fun. Nailed it. You know what else is fun? Sin. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it really is. That's yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> kind of a weird fun. transition. But we are talking about Romans 7 today, so I will transition to Romans 7 because um, this is, like, is could this be the, the most real The most chapter? probably easily applicable chapter in the Bible. <laughs> like, you ever, you ever relate to a guy struggling with sin? Yeah, right. Sure. He yeah. writes about it here. <laughs> he, he, he writes about it. Yeah. Finally, you don't have to really apply this too much. Like it's not hard. You just, yeah, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get it. Yeah, we, I mean the Bible's filled with people sinning, right. right? Like they're trying to do. Well, nope, just blowing it. But in in chapter seven of Romans, which is where we are today, it seems to be. Well, I really don't want to do this though. I don't want to sin, but I do. Yeah. Even when I'm trying not to, I actually do it. Right. And uh, I think this is going to be fun to talk about today. Uh, you and I have different opinions on what's fun, I think. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. Yes. This is a good conversation. Yeah. So what's your favorite passage? <laughs> is that a way you can do it? Can you go, ooh, Romans 7, all of about this sin. Chapter? What's your favorite? In this, yeah. In this <laughs> the last verse, maybe, or verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Well, yes. This is, this is the, the good news. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm -hmm. So there you go. The only time, fun fact, the only... I've, I've, I don't have any tattoos, but the closest <laughs> I've ever come was wanting to get that verse tattooed on me. 
Oh, wretched man that I am. Yeah, who will rescue me from this body of death? Mm-hmm. Thanks be to the Lord and Jesus. Thanks be to God and Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's the I, I never got it, but I was like, man, I'm, that's a, I love that those mm-hmm. two verses and just sort because of, it's about your body and like being on your body and I was like that that made sense to me, but I never mm-hmm. got it. I don't have the money for tattoos. Man. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thanks be to God. So that's how we answer uh, after we read scripture aloud in in the service. We'll say, you know, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Um, but this is like a my catchphrase for everything. If someone says anything good and positive, like man, thanks, thanks be to God. You yeah, because it's it really sums up. It can be cliche to, but I don't mean but it cliche, right? But, but yeah, it, yeah, but it is so absolutely necessary and true in our lives. Mm-hmm. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for anything good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially His Word. Cameron, thanks for joining us today. I'm glad to have you, man. Glad to be here. It is great to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it um, is great to be here. So let's just jump in. We'll talk about Romans 7. The beginning of it, the first mm-hmm. uh, six verses, is an analogy to marriage. And I guess we should say we're coming out of Romans 6, mm-hmm. um, the, the, whole, the, the big verse of for the, for the wages of sin is death, and yeah. the, um, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that was great news, but it's, it's contrasted in... Um, uh, this like slaves to righteousness. The, the chapter six begins with, uh, should we go on sinning? Right, like right. if grace abounds, shouldn't we go on sinning? And it's like mm-hmm. he gives a little, no, of course not. But then you get to, but why do I then? Right, right. and that's kind of chapter seven. Well, why do I still do it? Um, that may be the implied question. But he starts off with this analogy to marriage. Do you want to jump there? Anybody want to jump in and say like what he's saying there? Um, yeah, well, chapter six is a lot about death and dying to sin, sort of being a slave to sin, but then we've died with Christ, and so now we're free from that and free from the law. And this what really this whole section, six, seven, eight, is a lot about our freedom in Jesus. And so six is kind of hitting on that. I think seven, I don't know. I think if obviously I didn't make the chapter divisions in the Bible, <laughs> but it, it it may if it was on me to like have an opinion back when they did that, I might have said, well, let's start chapter seven where verse seven actually begins and like keep, because really I think chapter seven, one through six is sort of just finishing up that argument from chapter six of just being dead to sin and alive to God. He's given the illustration of marriages, you know, where he says, for example, verse two, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. And he's just using that as like Mm. an actual lawful example of when someone Mm -hmm. dies, that law no longer applies right. to them. And so marriage is, is the example of that then. So she would be free from the, the <laughs> that sounds terrible, like she hated her husband. Maybe she was the one who made him die. I don't know. But she is she's now free from the, the law that would bind her to not be married to another man because right. he has died. And so right. just simply, you know, him using the illustration of death freeing from whatever that lawful requirement would be. Right. So for us being free from the law of sin and death by our death in Christ. Right. And baptized into his death, raised a new life um, to live in Christ. Yeah. So. so that's that's the gist of then seven, one through six. Right. Um, the law we've died with Christ to right. the law of sin and death. Some some might look at that and go, Oh, we died to the law. Like the old testament doesn't matter anymore. It's like, well, that's <laughs> right. not what he's saying sure. entirely. Right. He's just saying that the law of sin and death is now gone because Christ has done that. He did mm-hmm. that. Um and then when he is now resurrected, then we are we enjoy that new law of grace right. in, in a sense, right? So yeah. he's he's, and I would argue, and I may be wrong, but uh, I would argue one through six is also saying um, Christ has fulfilled what the law demanded 
yep. with, with the law of man, and mm-hmm. it, he fulfilled it. And so now that's how we're able to walk in this grace right. because we are enjoying that freedom. Yeah. Where in six fourteen we are not under or, or sin shall not be your master because you're not under law but under grace. Yeah, yeah. And again, doesn't mean to. And we really hit on this last week about it. it doesn't mean that we 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 now have no obligation to obey the moral law of God. Mm-hmm. Of course, it doesn't mean that. But it's like the burden of the law and the the checking off the boxes of the letter of the law is not our righteousness. I mean, he's been making that argument. He mm-hmm. makes that argument in Galatians. We're not. We don't hope in the law for our righteousness. We mm-hmm. hope in Christ and what He's done that, that He fulfilled it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's no longer done out of fear and out of trying to earn or just get out of wrath, but now it's done out of love. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the reason that we still, we uphold the law, you know, Paul will say, like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's because we love the Lord now, you know, like, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. Where the law might have um, motivated us with, well, first of all, I'm not sure the law motivates us at all, right? <laughs> right. That's the problem. Yeah. But that there's judgment mm-hmm. that comes from the law. And guilt. And, and now in Christ, it's, Hey, the law, it's maybe the law changes it. The purpose of the law changes in Christ. So we're in Christ. Then the law is showing us the, the beauty of God, his, mm-hmm. his character mm-hmm. in wanting us to be obedient, not the judgment that incurs if we don't do it. Um, I mean, the judgment, if we don't do it, is still there if we're apart from Christ. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, right. So that's where the law hasn't change, but the purpose might change if we are then in Christ, if we yeah. died with him, risen, risen with yeah. him. And kind of giving us grace as that, I think, like you were saying, Cam, like grace being our our new motivation, our new, like I've been given grace, and so I want to please him. I want to honor the God who has saved me by his grace and given me righteousness in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I want to do the law. I want to follow the law. You know, I think Psalm 119 is a great example. It's just, I had delight in God's law. It's, it is good. It's a good law. And I want to do it, but the law itself can't motivate me to do it. Mm-hmm. The grace, God's love. Um, he, he said in chapter two, it's it's his kindness that leads me to repentance. Mm-hmm. He says in Colossians, you know, all the external requirements and that, that, that those things can't restrain sensual indulgence. They can't do anything about, mm-hmm. but it's grace, right? Grace gives us the, the motivation. So grace being not the, and I think this whole, you can kind of sum up all these chapters with grace is not a, an excuse to sin. It's mm-hmm. the greatest reason not to. You know, and it's the motivation not to. Say it again. Grace, grace is, is not, not an excuse, excuse to sin. It's not like, oh, God's going to forgive me so I can keep sinning. Mm-hmm. It's God's given me grace, so I don't want to sin. Mm-hmm. I want to follow him. I want to honor him with my life. So so we'll get to some practical examples of that in a, in a minute. And I want you to hang on to that phrase because I think it'll it'll yeah. come into play when we get to the reflection mm-hmm. questions. Um, so then then let's, let's shift to verse 7. And uh, if we're no longer slaves under the old written code, but in the new life of the Spirit, then what then should we say <laughs> is the law? Is, is it sin, right? Like if our awareness... Of and he used the example of coveting, right? So mm-hmm. he says, of all the ten laws in the Ten Commandments, you know, we can check off a lot of those pretty easily. I should say we, maybe we should be able to check them. <laughs> Hopefully, off I didn't yeah. murder. I didn't. By um, the letter of the law. Yeah. But then when you get to number ten, often maybe the most overlooked, right, mm-hmm. is do not covet. Mm-hmm. And so, what is, what is coveting? What does that mean? What what, what does it mean to covet? I think it's a uh, from my study of the Ten Commandments. That one it really is a little bit of a catch-all for it's almost like his, his way of going. Hey, in case I didn't really cover anything, covetousness would sort of be just any like sort of desire in our heart for anything that God hasn't given us that someone else may have, or mm-hmm. ju- just to to have what I don't have, or to not have what I do, or whatever, something like mm-hmm. that. Or just sort of a general disposition in your heart to sort of blame God for not for your life not being the way it should be. Mm-hmm. 
right? And that's what's a it's a there's a very catch all sort of idea behind covetousness, and it's like there's not a human being on the planet who doesn't fail that. You right? Know? You ever been discontent with your life? <laughs> nope. There it is. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. It's this, it's this like restlessness. I feel like this dissatisfaction because mm-hmm. you're always wanting. There's something that you don't have that yeah. you would yeah. desire. You God's know? God's holding out on you. Yeah. yeah, in some way. Yeah, which seems like that was what the problem was in the beginning. At least mm-hmm. what what mm-hmm. the devil made made the problem. The serpent made the problem was mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, God, that's not what will happen. Like God is holding out on you. You yeah. know, like yeah. you're missing you should something. Desire a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're missing something. Yeah, yeah. So the tenth commandment is FOMO. Yeah, <laughs> or ten, uh, ten commandment B, ten B, would be uh, do not, do not be on social media. Oh goodness, that goodness. would be ten B, would it? Because I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, it is a, it is a machine of covetousness. Hey, yeah, look what everybody exactly else has. Yeah. Hey, yeah. look what you're missing out on. No, hey, covetousness may be. I don't know. It, you, you could make an argument. It's the most common sin in our hearts. Yeah, of just that. Like again, just I'm discontent with my life in some way, mm-hmm. and so I. And that's the fault of you or God or something else. Yep. Right? yep. And I want what I don't have. And it could be stuff. It can be relationships. It can be position. It can be, I mean, it's, you name it and we yeah. covet it, right? Yeah. Well, the point I bring, the reason I bring it up is because he, he says, uh, Paul uses that one as mm-hmm. like the example of, if I didn't know that law, if I didn't know the law of coveting, I would never know I was guilty of that law. Right. Of breaking that law. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because coveting is, that's how it is. It feels so natural. That's mm-hmm. what I, of course I want that thing. That's what, if I have an appetite, it should be fulfilled. That's what keeps me alive. I'm hungry, I eat. Yeah. But it's like, well, what if you have two cookies? One cookie's good, then <laughs> 10 cookies is great. But I don't have 10 cookies. I yeah. want your 10 cookies. That's a silly example. But he's saying, if I didn't know the law existed, yeah. then I wouldn't be, would he be guilty of it? Or would he feel the guilt of it? That's, that's mm-hmm. two different questions. Yeah. So. When you know a law, here's an example. See how this strikes you because yeah. not everybody's the same. Um, we were at uh, Oxford College and we were walking down the paths and a beautiful campus. They had just put in brand new sod. It was beautiful, right? And my kids, this was younger, they wanted to go do cartwheels in the grass because they mm-hmm. just, that, that was their favorite thing to do. So we, we got there and they just started doing cartwheels in the grass. It was like, oh, look, everybody's having a great time. No one thinks you're doing anything wrong. Right. Because what? Right. You there, was a, the, there was a sign on the other side of the sidewalk that said, do not touch the grass. Yeah. <laughs> so were they guilty of breaking a, a rule? Yes. Technically, yes. They were guilty of breaking a <laughs> right. rule, but right. they had no idea they were breaking the rule. Right. So they didn't feel any guilt. Right. But they were guilty. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Paul's saying. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Yeah. Coveting is 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 yeah. that was that for him at least. You're breaking saying. the law even if you don't know it. Mm-hmm. But the 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 way the law actually brings in sort of the conviction even more so and yeah. the guilt even more so to mm-hmm. it, once you see the sign, then if you continue to do it, you know, and your heart's not going to change wanting to do it even mm-hmm. if you see the sign, right? So yeah, I think that's a great that's a great example. Yeah, yeah. And there, then uh, it said as he says, like the sin sin that uh, is in us. Mm-hmm. Um, then wants to do it more. Probably, right. Right. You like, see the, I always use the wet paint example. Yeah. Right. You walk by the wet paint sign. If the sign, if, if the sign wasn't <laughs> yeah. even there, you wouldn't even want to do it. You wouldn't care about touching that door or whatever, but it says wet paint, don't touch. You're just like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's yeah. still wet. Yesterday at, uh, we were eating at El Charo for Jacob's birthday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, they always say, uh, any Mexican restaurant, hot plate, hot, hot don't plate, touch, hot plate. Hot plate. Don't touch, yeah. And, you know, the first thing I want to do is go, 
Oh, dude, you want to test it? it. I want to test that, the veracity of what they said. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But is I'm it, a, I'm gonna mask it though, like I'm straightening my plate. Let me just straighten. Oh, ooh, that is hot. You're oh, right. It's hot. You wouldn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which which reveals just this lack of trust and this immediate skepticism we have of anybody that tells us something and and of God. Like what you just said. Like you immediately test the veracity of what they just said. Yep. Like God has said this, mm-hmm. and we immediately want to touch it and see mm-hmm. if He's right. You yeah. know, like. We would have all bit into that fruit in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did God really say? Yeah. You know. So yeah. then he switches in, in verse 14. So let's get back to Paul, because this is this is setting us up really well to this inner conflict, which I think is the, the theme for chapter 7 and the theme for us today, is really just the struggle within. Mm-hmm. And so Paul gets to this in 14, in which, uh, I mean, we don't have to dig in here. Maybe some of our, our viewers might like for us to get really nerdy, but the 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 tense in which Paul speaks and cha- writes in chapter four, uh, verse 14 changes. So he goes from past tense, past tense, and then mm-hmm. verse 14, he switches to present tense. So now where all these things used to happen, now he's going to say, but I know, I struggle, I this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just some debate on whether or not he's speaking yeah. about whether he's putting himself in the place of Adam in the garden, or if he's putting himself in the place of Israel and being disobedient Israel, or if it's just him saying, these are my struggles, you know. Um and there's also this weirdness of, is this the saved person or not saved person? Yeah, right. Pre or post salvation. I don't know if any of that matters. I know you probably just, did you study this in seminary? Yeah, I mean, and a lot with friends too, just like looking at it and, um, do I share an opinion? Yes. Yeah. I mean, no. yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, clear, like what That's you're saying That's an inside too. joke to us right now. We have, <laughs> oh, yeah. we have this Marcus Aurelius phrase of we, we, uh, we're trying not to have an opinion on things so we don't get our feelings hurt. <laughs> That's so you said, <laughs> should I have an opinion? I was like, does he know the jokes? <laughs> go ahead. I know all jokes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is when Paul is saved and, and when he's talking to he switches to that present tense, but then also just at the end, how he concludes it all, he says, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. And and that like that seems clear that he he's in this state where like he has this flesh that still craves sin, you know, mm-hmm. that still yep. struggles. And sometimes he he gives into that and then afterwards he hates it. Like, mm-hmm. why did I just do that? You know? And yeah. And then in the fact that in my inner being, he says, in my inner man, my inner self, I delight in God's law. Right. Like, can we delight in God's law when we're yeah, not saved, that's a you know? mm-hmm. that's a Christian thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I share the same opinion. Yeah, I, I think so too. I'm, yeah, I probably wouldn't have given mine here, but yeah, <laughs> I like that you did because then I go, yeah, I like I like what you're saying. Oh, that's pretty yeah. good. That's yeah, pretty I don't good. think he gives any indication that this is the old um, yeah. before Christian self, I mean, and 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 for that reason, um, and I think what you just said, Cam, is is spot on. Um, and for that reason, I think this just is one of the most kind passages mm-hmm. in the Bible. Paul did not have to write this, mm-hmm. right? Other than you, you, maybe you could say like being compelled by the Spirit and, and the Spirit inspiring to write the Scripture mm-hmm. as he did for sure. But at the same time, um, and, and, and you, God didn't have to make Paul write this. Right. And ha- confess that you still struggle with sin and all these things. I think he could have gotten from the argument of six to the glorious mountaintop of eight without having added all that in mm-hmm. there, but he does. Mm-hmm. You know, just the fact that he puts in there, you know what, I'm the Apostle Paul who we all so revere, and if you read through that he wrote most of the New Testament and read through his writings and see his mission journeys and see the things that he did, you're just like, this guy, I mean, it's Jesus, in, 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 obviously Jesus, yeah. but then uh, as far as human beings go, maybe John the Baptist and Paul, like, I don't know, Paul. like as far as the greatness of human <laughs> beings, right? Yeah. 
and you're just like, this dude is amazing. But then you see even him, right? Mm -hmm. Like he is so honest to just go, man, there's things that I want to do that I don't do. And there's things I don't want to do that I do. And Mm -hmm. I'm still struggling. I'm sold as a slave to sin in my flesh and like all these things. And so that's why I say I just... And when I read this, I don't think it should give us a reason to celebrate that Paul struggled with sin or that we struggle with sin. Right. But I think it should give us at least encouragement that the fight is part of the journey mm-hmm. of Christianity. And and that's what he's describing here. Yeah. So that's a great way to put it. And it's it is just so human. It's a yeah. human chapter. Very human chapter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and I would I would argue a human saved by Christ, yeah. still struggling in the flesh. Yep. Um yeah, I, I wrote down this quote. I want you guys to hear to see if you if you like this. This is um, came from the commentary, the life application commentary. This is how can we be free from sin and yet continue to do wrong? So how can we be free from it, mm-hmm. which is what chapter six and seven is telling us? But then, we, yet we continue to do it. So how can that happen? And there's two parts in Christ and in the flesh, and that's what we see battling. Uh, and this writer said that in Christ we're free from the penalty. There's going to be four P's by the way. Mm-hmm. We're free from the penalty of sin. That's judgment. Mm-hmm. And we're free from the power of sin, mm-hmm. which is hopelessness. Right? Yep. Like, I, I can't escape it. So we're free from the penalty and we're free from the power in Christ. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, in the flesh, we are not free from the presence mm-hmm. of sin. That's temptation. Yeah, yeah. And we're not free from the possibility of sin, That's which good. would be failure. Right. And uh, I, just, I thought that was a really good way to wrap it up. It, it, if, if we're um, free from sin, yet we continue to do wrong, how do we reconcile that? Well, in Christ, we're free from the penalty and we're free from the power. But we're not free from the presence, right. and we're not free from the possibility. Yeah, and uh, and I think that then leads us to the questions of how then do we avoid it? Yeah. Right, like if, if it's present, and Paul even says, "When I want to do good," right there, I'm right paraphrasing. There. When I want to do good, evil is right there at me. Mm-hmm. And we might get the image of the the, the angel on one shoulder, <laughs> the devil on this shoulder. You know, do yeah. it, do it, do it. No, don't do it. Um, but that's isn't that the tension we all feel, yeah. right? The humanity of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, and we struggle with this, even theologically. And I know scholars struggle with this with the whole, you know, um Second Corinthians five, seventeen, um, where he says, you know, the old is gone, the new has come. Mm-hmm. Right? That we have a new nature. Like we really do. So is Paul saying we have two natures here still or what? I, I don't think I think it's we have the new nature. That is absolutely true. And I like the way that that was phrased where the power and the penalty are done. And the power that like we don't mm-hmm. have to sin. Mm-hmm. We just don't, apart from Christ and apart from the Spirit. We can only sin, really. I mean, I think you can make that argument, and chapter 8, he kind of does. Like, you can't please God. You can't do it, you know. It's just like your life is defined by that, but now it's not. We're defined mm-hmm. by the Spirit, and we walk in the Spirit, and the power of the Spirit. And yet, it's like that, In in because we still live in these corrupted bodies and this corrupted world, and that sort of like our flesh still cries out sometimes for that old man. Uh, I've read some books on this. Uh, like they, they describe it like that. Like the old man, though he's dead, he's still twitching. You know what I mean? He's kind of got that like, give me yeah. that, you know, no, 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 whatever. But it's like, man, we feel that sometimes. And that's so real. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, yeah, that old self, the old things that are just kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, be easier to tell a lie right now. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, be easier to go after this money right now or whatever it is and whatever kind of calls out to you. So, mm-hmm. but it's just learning to, um, I think that's a great way to say it. Uh, the possibility is there mm-hmm. and the presence of, of sin is there. Satan's not going to give up tempting and throwing his, his darts at us. So mm-hmm. just learn to walk by the Spirit. And when we, when we surrender ourselves to Christ, we are, we are being saved. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we've, we've been saved. We're right, being saved. Right. We will be saved. Right. But in that being saved part... Um, our biology didn't change. <laughs> yeah. Like our flesh, our mm. even you might argue the mind, it's been renewed, 
mm-hmm. but there's still biological things clicking up here that match with the flesh that mm-hmm. are, you know, innate maybe, or animalistic or, you know, still things that, and that's why coveting is <laughs> the easy one. Hey, I want that. Like, yeah. I want that. Yeah. I want to go get that. It's like, well, that's sin. Yeah. Ah. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, and Paul says this is such a struggle, um, <laughs> I want to do, you know, we could read these verses. There's two different times, basically, where he says, you know, I want to do the right thing, and I, I don't, and I hate myself for it almost. Um, <laughs> and then, then we get to um, 7, 24, and 25, which we've already alluded to several times, but it just says, wretched, like in this struggle, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me? Who will rescue me from this body? I think mm-hmm. it's Sark's there. Yeah, flesh. Who who will rescue me from this mm-hmm. flesh? Yep. This body of death. Like this this body's decaying. It's going to die. Yeah. But yet that's also what's keeping me tied to, yeah. or the possibility at least of sin and the, the temptation of sin. And he says, "Thanks be to God. Thanks mm-hmm. be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord." Maybe the only good news in this chapter. Yeah. And it's <laughs> right there at the end to shift us into chapter eight, which we will talk about next week. Yeah. Which is then here's how you do it. Because you have the Holy Spirit who lives inside yeah. you, and you know. I was gonna say, I like in in my Bible, it actually ends. I have to flip the page. Verse twenty four is, "What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death?" And it ends the page there. It's kind of like, <laughs> "Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Quick, 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 the page! Thanks be to God!" I just like, I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Thanks be to God. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're not meant to live in sin, although it surrounds us. It doesn't. We're not meant to live in it. So let's let's get to some questions for reflection. Let's dig in a little bit here personally. Yeah. Um, and just this first one, I think is a, uh, it's, I'm going to throw a softball up in the room. I think it's an easy one to answer, but does God view intentional sin versus unintentional sin? Does he, does he view those differently? Like, oops, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't know about that. Yeah. So I looked at that question earlier and just Hebrews 10, 26. Um, so I wanted to read that. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth. No sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. I mean, what a harsh verse. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that's, uh, that sanctified him and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? So again, we're not under law but under grace. Mm. And the the author the author of Hebrews is just kind of making the point of deliberate sin, intentional sin. Now, does that mean if you've ever committed a sin while a Christian with intent, like had a thought in your mind, like yeah, I'm just gonna sin, you know, that you're going to hell? I don't think that means that. Um, I think it would just be that he says go on, like intentionally, yeah. deliberately go on sinning. Mm-hmm. It, it's sort of this like resolute mind of man, I got grace. I'm just gonna go on sinning, and I'm gonna continue in my life without any intention to walk by the Spirit, to mm. kill sin, kill the flesh. Um, I think that's what the author of Hebrews, I think that's what Paul's getting at too. Shall we go on? Like, it's just this, mm-hmm. like I've set my mind towards that and I'm just going to keep doing it. I don't care what the Word says. I don't care what the Spirit leads me to do. I don't care what conviction feels like. I'm going to go on. I think the point would be, man, you're not in Christ. You know what I mean? You don't have grace at that point yeah. because you're deliberately living in that without repentance. So, And that's what he gets at in First John too. If, if any yeah. one of us... If we keep on sinning, like it's that deliberate, if we keep on doing this, yeah. then it's, uh, 
he says so many things very similarly that, that just slightly different. It's we keep on sinning. The love of God is not in him or he is not in God, you know, like, yeah. but it's that you're not in Christ. You know, if you yeah. keep on, if you keep into that deliberate sin. Yeah. Does it say, it, he goes on to say, doesn't it, you're actually crucifying Christ over yeah. and over yeah. again. Yeah. That's strong. I know. <laughs> I mean, trampling him underfoot, right. that's terrible. The blood of the But God. if you're driving the nails every time, you're like, holy right. cow, yeah. man. Yeah. But that question, is there a different, does God view intentional versus unintentional sin differently? Um, to answer that question, like, I don't, I would say, like, yes and no, because, like, our scripture, like, kind of distinguishes between, like, like David in Psalm 19, he prays, and he says, um, God, forgive my hidden faults. Who can discern his own ears? Forgive my hidden, like, anything that's mm-hmm. unintentional in me, but also keep me from willful sins. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's this distinction, but I also think Ultimately, I would I would say like at the end, like it's almost like no, because because the requirement for unintentional and intentional sin is the death of Jesus. Right, you know, like thing. they both need the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then also, but like with unintentional sin, whatever it is, maybe like for like you grew up and you just cuss all the time. And so now unintentionally, like you'll, it'll just come out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and maybe that's an unintentional sin or like maybe like an aspect of gluttony, like it is an unintentional sin, you know, like, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, like some, something just kind of comes up and you do it. Maybe it's a reflex type thing. Um, the thing is, is that I think in scripture we're taught to pray like David in one nineteen, he says, Psalm 119, he says, um, search, yeah, uh, search me and know my anxious thought. See if there's an offensive way in me. See mm. it, like reveal it, that I may walk like mm. in the way that's everlasting. You know, and and so I think that we're supposed to pray for God to reveal any intentional sins, and mm. I believe that He will reveal it. So then, if we knowing that intentional sin, if we then don't make an intentional effort to tame that sin or not tame, but put to death that sin, More you know, yeah. right. and we still allow for the opportunity, even though we know what it is now, then I think we're intentionally, it becomes intentional. Like mm-hmm. it's an intentional yeah. sin at that point, you know? And sure. So we're supposed to be praying, God, reveal any offensive way, reveal mm-hmm. anything that, that I don't really know, reveal that to me. And then if you don't make an intentional effort mm-hmm. to put that to death, then I think it's becoming intentional at that point. Yeah. Right. I think that's a great, great way to put it. Yep. You know, just sort of this, in this intentional life of, Learning to put sin yeah. to death, you know, and yeah, we're all going to be tempted. We're all going to fail in times of temptation and, and whatever, like however that looks and wherever it comes on you, um, anger or lust or pridefulness or covetousness or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if there's no, like, okay, yeah, after, if I, if it's anger, right, and after I burst out in anger mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever that may look like, if if once that has happened, if I'm in Christ and, and the Spirit lives in me, and there's no then thoughts in my mind or intentionality in my mind or heart to go, man, I don't want to continue living that way. I don't want to do that again. I don't want to say that to my wife again or my child again or whatever it is. Um, and then I'm going to do what I can to maybe put some things in place in my life to help me with that. Um, one, just being in the word and being in prayer mm-hmm. and being in accountability and things like that. Um, like if there's no effort there, then it's like, man, I, I don't know if you care about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you yeah. care about the fact that you did that and you're not actually trying to be rid of that mm. sin in your life. So Yeah. And if you find yourself in a place where you don't care anymore and you don't try anymore, right. you might want to ask yourself, did I ever really fully surrender my life to Christ? Yeah, like, is, is the Holy absolutely. Spirit really alive in me if there's no conviction of sin? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's heavy. I think where, where the, a follow-up question might be the way in which we judge other people. 
um, like when people come into the church, which should be the place where we go, come as you are, right? Yeah. Like, uh, come, come here, dress however you are, come in your, um, your, the way, whatever stage of sanctification you're in, yeah, you're right. come to church, like be here yeah. with us. And then those who are maybe further along in their walk are maybe just new and zealous, but they could go, man, look, the dude was out front smoking a cigarette, and I saw him smoking pot the other night, and he's, you know, he's, he's got his mouth like a sailor, and yeah. and then if if that person comes in, ignorant to the to, I don't even know that's law, but let's just say for the sake of argument, it is. I don't think it is, but whatever. Yeah, I should have picked something else. <laughs> I picked like gray areas. <laughs> I should have went with something that's very. Do not be drunk. That is. That is. I saw him a, a murder lot. a guy. Right. Okay. <laughs> but he didn't, crazy know. That's wrong. he didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't, he didn't know, know any better. Unintentional. Yeah. So something like that, though. Still, where there are written or unwritten rules. Yeah. yeah. And we just we judge those people mm-hmm. rather than welcome them in, but then love them enough not to let them stay where they are. Sure. Right. Or or yeah. worse, that we go down, we slide down the mm-hmm. the sanctification you know, chart or whatever, if there's such a thing to, chart. Oh, we want to just be like them and, and yeah. relate to I them. Be able to and, relate. Yeah. Instead of going, no, look, we're all called mm-hmm. to holiness. I've been more has been revealed to me because I've been a Christian longer or been reading the word, whatever. Yeah. Let me share that with you. Yeah. And then as the spirit convicts you, mm-hmm. because I can't force conviction upon you, but if I, but if you read the law, this is the good part of the law. This is why it's holy. Right. Here's the standards. Oh man, I didn't know that was the standard. Holy crap. I should probably, <laughs> well, I mean, that's, maybe I should repent, but. Maybe, Can we bleep out on podcast? <laughs> Holy. <laughs> yeah. That would really sound bad. Holy, that'd be worse. <laughs> that's funny. But you see the point. Yes, like, yes, yes. How does the church help people then yeah. uh, move in, in this area of sanctification and not let folks stay where they, yeah. they're comfortable? Right. And that should be the, that should be the picture of the church, right? That we, I think where um, Paul says, right, First Corinthians 13, love hopes all things. Right, I think what he means when he says that is in that hopefulness. It's about one another, really. It's talking about loving one another. Love hopes all things. It believes all things. Right. I think that means like we hope the best for one another, and and mm-hmm. and we don't come at each other with an air of judgmentalism. Mm-hmm. We come at each other with an air of hopefulness and charity and kindness. And where I see a brother sister struggling in sin, right, mm-hmm. that my my natural inclination should not be, oh, you're such a piece of junk, you know, like, why would you still struggle? Whatever. But to go, but I know I still struggle with sin. Paul still struggles. Like, but mm-hmm. let me help if I can. And Galatians five, bear one another's burdens, you know, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What he says, bear one another's burdens. And so look out for each other and say, gosh, if I'm, if I can help you along in your sanctification, I want to do that. And if you can help me, like, I want to do that. Now, if, yeah, if like Trey's out murdering people, then that's like that's probably a different conversation, right? Like that's going to be a lot more about, hey, let's, yeah, okay, let's we'll really need to go to the cops and <laughs> right. two, yeah, but like, yeah, just being able to have charity and kindness with people where we see, okay, this is a maybe a new believer who, like you say, Cam, maybe this person is cussing like I say their entire life. They just became a Christian, and you hear them say a cuss word. Are you then going to be like, oh, you can't, oh, you're a terrible Christian, you're a fake Christian, you're a hypocrite, or are you going to be Put like, that communion down, yeah. <laughs> Right. Or is it going to be more of a, you know, a, a hey, let me love this person kindly mm-hmm. and and discipleship, right? We talk about that all the time. That's a part of that, helping one another walk along in their sanctification and remembering, like Jesus said, you probably got a log in your own eye too mm-hmm. that you want to take the speck out of theirs, but yeah, being being humble there. I didn't, I didn't come out of the baptismal waters and go, I'm free of everything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any struggles anymore. Yeah. Woohoo! 
Right. But if anything, um, as far as the recognition of sin, like when we mm-hmm. realize things are yeah. sin and then like you were saying, now I'm aware I got to do something about it. Yeah. I can't let it uh, fester. I can't let it um, stew or, or that seed can't be yeah. allowed to grow. Right. And so I'll, I'll put it in these terms then. When I was younger, um, those seeds would grow fast. Right? Like I, as a younger Christian, I would, and I'm going to use words like act out. Like I would act out in sinful ways. I mean, like just whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm going to look at that. I'm going to look at that. I'm yeah. going to do that. I'm going to do that. And, and, and then conviction. And they're like, oh man, you know, repentance back to right with God right. as far as uh, relationally reconciled to God, certainly justified the whole time. Mm-hmm. But now as nearly a 50 year old guy, I'm more aware of sin in my life now right. than when I was first a Christian right. and was acting out more. So I might act out, however I define that. Yeah, uh, the physical manifestations of my sin may be less now. Yeah, but man, I know the wretchedness of right. my yeah. heart. You probably I know feel what more about. so than you did then, right? Yeah, you feel it more. Sure, even though yeah. you act out less, you feel it more, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. And that's why I can say, "Man, wretched man that I am, <laughs> who can, who yeah. can save me? Who can rescue me from this?" I, I, yeah, I can say with a hundred percent act, hundred uh, percent truth that. When I was a very young Christian, now I became a Christian when I was eight years old. So when I was 12, um, there was very little conviction about certain things that I would now be extremely convicted about, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and But I'll say this. I, so I sinned more, I would say physically sinned more as a teenager mm-hmm. than I do now. But I never, I didn't weep over sin then. Mm-hmm. And I do now. Like I, I have in my older, like the older mm-hmm. I get, the more broken I feel about anything, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's anger, pride, whatever. It's like, it's just, it breaks my heart more and more. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, yeah. I it's think like, that's, why is that still in there? Yes. Get out of here. Wretched <laughs> yeah. man that I am. Yeah. But thanks be to, but I'm also more joyful in the Lord mm-hmm. to know he is sanctifying me and he's working in me. And I'm so glad for the blood of Jesus every yeah. day, you know, mm-hmm. um, I got up on stage not long ago and when we began the Roman series, and if you were there, you remember that I just bawled for like 10 minutes. I was just crying like, cause we were just singing about the gospel and we were opening up Romans talking about the gospel. I just get up there and I'm just weeping. And it was for that reason. Like, I think it's exactly, it was Romans seven twenty four. just thinking about my life and how wretched I feel sometimes, but the goodness mm-hmm. of the gospel of Jesus. And yeah, like that changes over time, even though we sin less, it's like we feel Almost more wretched, and we hope for heaven even more, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which I know I do. Yeah. So you guys are babies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, since you were birthed into a, a Christian home and Christian family, and you probably never had these struggles. Never, right? I'm now singing Chris Tomlin. Easy. Are we speaking no. a different language right now? <laughs> no, you know what? No, but I think just Paul, it, I guess I'm avoiding that question. Um, no, <laughs> no, but Paul, like, I think agrees with you guys because. It we it'd be fun to like figure out the exact time, like how long Paul had been a Christian. But he's been a Christian for a little while when he writes mm-hmm. Romans, yeah. and then Romans seven, and he says that he struggles with all this stuff. You know, it's not like yeah. it's exactly like the more you grow in Christ, yeah, the more you grow in sanctification, and you become like hyper aware of of your fallenness, mm-hmm. you know, and and this nature that that or that still wars, or the law of the flesh is waging war against the law of the spirit and the yeah. law of the mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like. You become more and more aware of that. That's a good point. Paul had so this is sixties. Romans yeah. is written in sixties. He became mm. a Christian in the thirties. So yeah. thirty years he's of a, a Christian yeah, veteran. Man. He's a seasoned <laughs> veteran. Yeah, and he's struggling. But so. here's the way I liken it. Um, and I'm going the imagery is as the closer you get to the light, and so if Christ is the light, the closer you grow in that relationship with Christ, um, the more you're aware. So if you take a flashlight into a hotel room, yeah, 
lights off. It's a dark room. You take it and you shine it on the bed. You'd be like, yeah, it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I can sleep here. Yeah. You you to flip the lights on and you go, okay, maybe a few more imperfections, but nothing where I couldn't <laughs> sleep here. Right. You take a, a black light, like oh. the super strongest oh, no. yeah. light there is, and you go, look at all the imperfections. <laughs> yeah. We'll call them imperfections. All <laughs> <laughs> right. And I feel like that's the relationship as you grow in sanctification, man. The closer you grow to the light source, the more is revealed in yeah. you. Like yeah. it would never be seen on the surface, possibly, like by others and flashlights yeah. and regular lighting. But man, you turn that black light on, the closer you yeah. get to that light source and you go, whoa. And there's a lot to work on still. Yeah. And the gospel becomes so much greater because then you see yeah. what all he actually saved you from and saved you out of. Because oh, you man. look and you're like, holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe that's the point, right? Like, maybe that's the point of Romans 7. Yes. Of Paul just going, like, it it would be great, right? If if in one way we think it would be great, if when we were saved, like you said, come out of the baptismal water or whatever, and instantly sin's gone, we don't struggle with it anymore, we're done. You're going to be perfect until Mm -hmm. you go to heaven. Maybe that'd be great, but maybe the whole point is that we do still struggle, and God allows us to still be in the flesh and still have to fight sin, Mm -hmm. right, by the Holy Spirit. Why? Mm-hmm. So that we have to trust him. Mm-hmm. We we have to rejoice in the gospel, not in ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Maybe if we if Paul had spent 30 years being perfect, he wouldn't have had this like joy in the Lord because he would have thought maybe over those 30 years, he would start to think, I'm really good. Yeah. You know, I'm awesome. <laughs> Golly, Paul's great, you know. but Which is actually the way he thought before he met but Christ. Yeah. Before he met Christ, yeah. But now he's like, God, I see the goodness of Jesus and not me. Like I see mm-hmm. it more and more and more. So maybe that's the whole point is just that he God wants us to long mm-hmm. For him and his perfection and his holiness and his resurrection that will happen, the glorification that's come in heaven, and man, he wants us to be on our knees trusting yeah. him every day. It, would I pray if I didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, How much would no. I pray if I didn't still struggle with these things, Mm-mm. suffering or sin? You would move away from the light. Absolutely. Not closer yeah, absolutely. to it. And I would think I'm great. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's Romans 5 coming alive again, and maybe if you change the word sufferings to what what is from yeah, our sin is suffering. right. right. But, you know, if if we are meant to do that, we're meant to go through these things so that that creates endurance and that yeah. endurance creates character, character. which that is produces, a, a morale, yeah. a morality mm-hmm. forming thing that then produces hope and the hope that doesn't disappoint. Like, man, that's be- that's the gospel, man. That's yeah. beautiful. That's what we have been saved from yeah. and yeah. for. And all of it at the end of the day is thanks be to God. What does thanks that mean? To God. It's glory to him. God it's a receives, doxology. <laughs> God receives more glory through us trusting him even through. Not us sinning, right? Right, yeah. but us trusting but him, trusting more. him through the through the struggles of sin yeah. and, and suffering. That's a great transition to number two. Yeah. Do you ever struggle? Nope. <laughs> doing not. the right thing. Do you ever struggle <laughs> doing the right thing? Like once you know, because we were going from yeah. like not knowing to now knowing. Even knowing, do you still struggle? Yeah, to do the right thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Absolutely. And why? Why would we struggle? Why? Well, I think we just kind of talked about that. Um, because our flesh is. Yeah, strong. We are sinners saved by grace. Our flesh is flesh weak. Is weak. <laughs> to yeah. strong to, to fight against it. Weak. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so we all struggle with it. Okay, great. Number <laughs> three. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Knowing that Christ has died for our sins and will forgive us. This is a, this is a good one here. Yeah, and you alluded to it earlier, so I wanted to bring it back. Knowing that Christ has died for our sins and will forgive us, isn't it easier just now to sin and ask for forgiveness later? This is a you hear this all the time, right? Yeah. I'm By gonna... no means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paul keeps answering that question. Yeah. It would be easier, right? And, um, but gosh, how, how, how offensive that must be to the grace of God, right? As he, 
for people that do have that mindset of just, um, yeah, he's good. He's he's gracious. He's he's gonna forgive me. So I'm just mm-hmm. gonna keep doing these things or whatever. And like Hebrews said that we just read in Hebrews ten of like trampling underfoot the blood of the covenant, mm-hmm. right? Like what was the blood of Jesus meant to do? Not mm-hmm. not give us and again an excuse to keep sinning, mm-hmm. but to give us the greatest motivation in the whole world to live a life of purity and holiness mm-hmm. in Christ, right? And so yeah, I mean it'd be easier. Maybe if you want to put it that way, but mm. well, look, you guys are good dads. Um, thanks, well, thanks, man. thanks, guys. I, to I need to hear that. Even Jacob, <laughs> Jacob on the ones and twos, yeah. good dad. You guys are good dads. <laughs> Let's flip the script for a second. Mm. Now you are the one. You're the father who's making the rules for your family and your children or whatever, and they know the rules, and yet they go, you know, not I'll do whatever I want to do. <laughs> How, how then do you react? You're like, they know the rules. At some point, discipline is in order. Right. Or they're going to continue to break the rules. Now, is it always discipline? No, that doesn't make sense, right? There's yeah. When they're not aware, they're unaware, right. then they become aware. Right. And you teach them how to, how to live within those rules. But when they willingly, mm-hmm. willfully go, I don't care about your rules. Yeah. At what point then do you go, how much, how to continue to love you, something has to happen for you to be corrected, and it may be painful for you. Right. Mm-hmm. You guys, are your kids, Cameron, at age where you're having to show that kind of discipline that's love? It's not because you're mean. Yeah. Yeah, no, I talked about this in um, the, the wrath message not <laughs> yeah. too long ago. It's just, I I hate, I hate, um, like, spanking Charlie, you know? Like, I hate it. Um. And yet, so so like when when I do that to her, like I, I like if I have to, and it's not every time, you know. And mm-hmm. but if I, I make sure she knows that this is not what I want, but I will do it, you know. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to do this, and and so it, it's out of love, like to to hopefully teach her, you know. And and um, yeah. But I always make sure she knows, and and that's why I think well. That's why Christ came and and received mm-hmm. that for us, you know, and and um, yeah, like Dane Ortland goes into a ton of this and Gentile Noli, um, but just talks about the wrath of God, like God delights in mercy. Scripture doesn't say that He delights and takes pleasure in His wrath, mm-hmm. um, except there's one part where it talks about where it was He was pleased to crush Christ, yeah, for our sake, you know, so that He, he could have mercy on us mm-hmm. always, you know, and yeah. And for, so, um, for yeah. your kids, it, it, the reason you're you're showing that discipline, and so you you hate to do it, mm. but you're you're pointing to, hey, these rules are good. Yeah, they're good for you. They're they're here so that you will benefit, even right. Like there's, mm. it's not just so that they'll go. Cameron's a great dad, right? Like it's not all about you. Which sometimes we get this pushback from society. We have a narcissistic God who just wants to be worshipped or whatever. He's created these rules to hold us down and keep us, you know, whatever. And yeah. that's not the heart of a father. The father goes, yeah. these rules are for you, for your benefit. Yep. And, and and so that, so that you will live a rich, fulfilled life. And so therefore, there are times where you have to go, you're not following the good rule yeah. of the good father. Yeah. And then that question is so huge too, because I feel like there's a lot that we can talk about, you know, with asking, should I, should I just sin so that I can ask forgiveness? Um, the thing is, if you start getting into that habit mm-hmm. um, of sinning, even if, even if you don't have that thought, but you're just sinning 
and then you're asking the Lord for forgiveness and you don't see any change. The thing is, is that if you confess your sin to the Lord and you ask forgiveness, we don't just get forgiveness is what 1 John 9 says. It says that he is faithful and just to forgive us and yeah, purify us from all unrighteousness. Mm. And so like if you are stuck in this thing and you're, and, and, or maybe even you have that thought and you're like, I'm going to sin so I can ask forgiveness and you're not seeing any of that purification. I, I love this. It's like a very scary thought that Bonhoeffer says. Um, but he says, maybe if you're not being purified, you might not be confessing your sins to the Lord. You might just be confessing it to yourself and forgiving yourself mm. if you're not seeing any purification, you're not seeing any change right. and you keep using that excuse. And so one thing I like, I <clears throat> love this. I'm a huge um, proponent of this. Everyone, I sponsor this. Um, is confession um, to like another believer, to a brother, mm-hmm. you know, in Christ or someone of the same sex. If you're a girl, uh, sister in Christ, sister. That's where I don't have any sisters. Um, yeah, because then you know without a doubt you're confessing your sin to Christ because where two or more are gathered in my name, mm-hmm. there I am with them, is what Jesus says. And you're mm-hmm. confessing your sin, and then like. Anyways, then watch and see. If you confess your sin to the watch and see if you experience yeah. not just forgiveness, <laughs> but also purification. It's a it's a, it's a different level mm-hmm. of conviction and yeah. um and the intentionality, back to what we were just talking about. The intentionality to fight against your sin and to not continue on in deliberate sin when you're when you have accountability, when you have other brothers and sisters yeah. that you can say, Hey, here's what I'm struggling with and I or here's what I did. And I, I want you to pray for me and hold me accountable and ask me about that next time and things like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that pleases the Lord. That that hurts yeah. um, to do sometimes, and it's embarrassing or it's awkward or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do. I think it pleases the Lord. I think that's a great yeah. point. I think let, me, let me flip hum, this. Humiliating and mm-hmm. healing. Like you said, <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's always yeah. humiling, but it's always healing right yeah. after yeah. that, too. So I'm going to flip the script again, and if it's your kids, right? So, like, you're the father again, and your kids are, one of them's acting out, and they're like, yeah, whatever your rules. And you have another, there's another sibling. So we all had, the, like, the good the good brother or good sister or whatever, and they're like, oh, they're always doing the right thing. But if they're going, hey, mom and dad said we shouldn't do that. Like, there's always that voice mm-hmm. of reason. Mm-hmm. Now, you can separate from that. Now, this is a, a, a message to all of us mm. in the church. You can separate from that person and go be, be with people who go, no, let's just break the rules, man. This is cool. This is awesome. And you will begin to see the separation and distance and right. uh, you know unreconciled and love lost because you're separated from, mm-hmm. you know, from, I would say, the father, the body, you know, the family. Um, but we make those choices. We go, well, I prefer this. I don't believe God I don't believe the Father's rules are good and beneficial for me. So I'm going to go do what I want to do. I'll surround myself with people who agree with me so that I don't feel any conviction for sin. And I'll continue to drift because that's what happens, I think, when we're not connected Mm -hmm. to the body or to Mm -hmm. the Father, is we just drift. And the further you drift, and it feels like it's so much harder than to come back, you must be, like the Scripture says, rescued. Here's rescue them. Quick, get them. There's urgency involved then. Mm -hmm. Okay, last question, guys. Um, how do we escape this temptation? Like, none of us want, Paul didn't want to be there. We don't want to be there. I don't want to jump to chapter eight yet, and we've probably talked for a long time already today, but just if you can sum up, like, what's, and if it's just the, the Sunday school answer, man, it's the Sunday school answer, but how do you avoid, or how do you escape? You might not can avoid temptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do That's you escape where, Yeah, I was thinking about that question, thinking, well, you know, temptation is going to be a reality of the world, no matter where we, we are. Um, parents, you know this, if you're, you know, you can take your kid and put them in private school, you can put them in Christian school, you can mm-hmm. put them in home school. Those kids are still going to be tempted to sin, mm-hmm. you know, even if they're not in public school. So that's just the reality of the world. 
Um, Thank you for so, saying that. So yeah. So no, we're never gonna be gone completely from temptation. We know mm-hmm. that. Um, now I think yeah, we can we can do what Scripture says as far as fleeing, as mm-hmm. far as you know being wise about things and, and not going near certain places where we don't need to be. You know mm-hmm. things like that. I think there's all sorts of practical helps and tips. Just uh, first thing I would say is kind of knowing yourself, right? Being a student almost of of who you are and what sort of things are what, like to use some CR language, triggers for you. Like what mm-hmm. sort of things are, if you struggle with anger, you know, like wh- wh- how do you get in that place? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, do you see connections between the fact that you're not sleeping well and you're more angry when you don't sleep well, you're more irritable, mm-hmm. or you're more given over to certain temptations when you're not doing certain things, or you're not being in the Word, or you're not being in fellowship with believers. Mm-hmm. If you know that about yourself, you can change those things and you can start to learn, okay, well, those things are going to, lend towards my sinfulness and so I want to change those things and not do those things. Um so that's sort of the the practical answer. Just just being sort of a student of, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of sets you off or what gets you into a place of temptation. And then not if you're looking at things you shouldn't look at online, right? There are filters you can put on your computer. There are mm-hmm. again having accountability about you know, if you're serious about it. You're, if you're serious, right. yeah, just be serious about it. And so that's the that's the practical the the kind of spiritual answer I would give is Hebrews 4. 15, just to be reminded of this, where um, the author of Hebrews says this for us. He says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet was without sin. So he says this, So let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, knowing that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us Mm. in our time of need. Mm. Um, And so it's just, I think, Cameron, you were saying this earlier about and when you feel a specific temptation or you're struggling in a certain way, um, what, is, what is your natural inclination there? Is it to run to the throne of grace or from it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when we feel like we're in a certain way of, of, of sin and temptation, it's easy to run from it and, and just go, man, I feel this way, so I'm just going to avoid church. I'm going to avoid God. I'm going to avoid mm-hmm. his people. Or I'm going to run to him, mm-hmm. confess my sins to him, to a brother if I need to, mm-hmm. to fall on my knees and pray and trust him and to know he actually gives me help in time of need. Mm-hmm. Like he will provide a way out of this and he will strengthen me and sanctify me mm-hmm. um, to that point. So, Yeah, using it for building your character and yeah. endurance and hope. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and that's the thing too is like I do think we can pray. Like if we pray the Lord's Prayer, we can pray certain times. We're really praying, Lord, lead me not yep. into temptation. But we also should know that temptation trials of many kinds <clears throat> they they produce that perseverance, you know, like that really it's going to be for our good in the end, you yeah. know, like, um, so remember to almost like laugh in the face of it, you know, just, just be like, oh yeah, this is going to be for my good in the end. Like the Lord's <laughs> going to use yeah. this to, to do this. But I, I think, um, just, yeah, ways that we can escape is belief and obedience to the word of God. Like when, when Paul says, um, we really believe what, what he wrote when he says, but if you are tempted, um, God will always provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Um, and so just believe that and practice it. Like be like, mm-hmm. oh, God's provide. where's the way out? Start looking for the way rather yeah, than just yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to stand under this. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. start, wait, oh yeah, he says this. Where, let me start looking. You know, Oh, let me text my friend. Like, hey, this is what I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. Let me do yeah. this. Yep. And like, but even... If you do fall, if you do give in, and you feel like you're struck down, um, again, Paul, Paul's awesome. Um, again, <laughs> Paul, even if you're struck down, know that you're not destroyed. Yeah. Hard-pressed, but not crushed. Perplexed, mm-hmm. but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. 
Therefore, we do not lose heart. And, and from Hebrews again, like we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. Mm-hmm. We are those who believe, lean in. We, we come to the throne of grace. We come yep. and are saved. You know, and, and I love this quote. So, so just remember, if you fall, like, man, just believe and, and, and come again to Christ. Come again to the throne of grace. Yeah. Don't don't start shrinking back like, oh, I've ruined it. I've ru-. No, like Christ covers that. Like if you start shrinking back, then you're not trusting in the sacrifice of Christ. And you feel mm-hmm. like you have to do something yep. in order, yep. you know, like. Run to the foot of the cross. Yeah. He didn't just pay for the sins you already committed. Yeah. yeah. Right. He paid yeah. for every sin always, right? And, <laughs> so I, yeah. I love one thing that, that um, C.S. Lewis says. He says, talking about virtues and, and really this process of sanctification and all these things that God is creating in us. Uh, he says very often, and this is his thoughts, you know, not scripture. It's not, you know, it's his thoughts. Very often, what God first helps us towards is not the virtue or the virtues in themselves, but just the power of always trying again. And I think we just, we see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's power of the Holy Spirit. This, shoot, I fell again. I'm immediately going to Christ. It's it's. I've heard uh, the gospel and other really like religion. You know, people will say religion is like a bad term, and it's not always a bad term. But religion, let's say right now, religion is a bad thing. Gospel is a good thing. Religion is like I messed up. Shoot, like my dad's gonna kill me. Mm-hmm. And then the gospel is I messed up. I need to go tell my dad. I need to call my dad. You know, mm-hmm. and like, yeah. and that's kind of what I see in that quote is, yeah. oh man, immediately I got to get up and, and go to my dad, and it's just constantly going to the father kind of even when you fall you get back up yeah. and you go to the father yeah so i love that i was so, thinking too about uh, go go ahead well yeah. I'm, I'm i was gonna put a bow on it but well yeah maybe just one more thing would be um so i was thinking while you're talking cam about like ephesians 4 um which i think is such a very practical and helpful mm-hmm. chapter and he's naming sins in ephesians 4 that people may struggle with mm-hmm. and he says things like this um those of you who steal stop stealing but work <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're lying, lie, yeah. don't lie to one another. But tell the um, truth. yeah, tell the <laughs> truth. Speak truthfully to one yeah. another, and use words that build one another up according to their needs. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like he's taking things that you may struggle with as sins and going, hey, just do learn to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. If you, so, look again those trigger things. You struggle with stealing, get a job and and make money so where you're not tempted to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if again, if, if you covet, yeah, give stuff, give stuff yeah. away. Like I would say to him, and this is if we can talk adult for just a second. You're a man, and you struggle with lust, right? Um, if you're married and you struggle with lust, that might have something to do with you and your relationship with your wife, and maybe you're not treating her well or having sexual intimacy with her the way you should. And that's you know what I'm saying. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to give practical thoughts to. There may be real things in your life that you're just you can change and you can do mm-hmm. differently by the Holy Spirit in you um, to learn to not live those sinful ways, but to honor the Lord um, with how you do live. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just to, yeah, yeah. as you were talking, I was thinking mm-hmm. about that. Paul's just so kind to us in, in like Ephesians 4, just say, mm-hmm. do the opposite things, you know, by the, by the Spirit. In yeah, you. yeah. So. he does. Paul is like, it's it's um, it's um his kindness that leads us mm-hmm. to repentance, and then mm-hmm. Paul will go, stop doing that. <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> right, like it's both. It's yeah. like, hey, now that you know, stop doing yeah. it. Yeah. Well, just like and a good I also dad, struggle right? with that. By the way, oh yeah, stop you're, doing that. And, and, and look, yeah, that. me too. Yeah. <laughs> Here he yeah. says in Romans seven. Yeah. Well, uh, look, man, good stuff today. Thank you guys for uh, for for digging in there, and um, man, really, we had a, some great conversation around yeah. chapter seven. Uh, so it's it's good to know that there are other human uh, pastors around me that are uh, just like Paul. Um, <laughs> So, which is in, a cool thought. Isn't it cool? We're like, we're just Paul. like Paul. Just, oh, yeah. Paul's a dude, just a regular dude. Just like Paul. 
All right. Well, thank you guys for watching too. Uh, you can always come back and listen to these later or catch up on the sermon series or the other podcast at eastridge.church/romans. Uh, it's going to be a full year of us going through Romans in different sections. So go ahead and check out the website often eastridge.church slash Romans. You can get caught up in all that. Uh, you might want to use these reflection questions in your small groups or with your family, uh, particularly after you've watched the podcast and the sermons. Uh, they're great to really dig in and get personal and uh, better understand how the gospel and how the work of Christ affects you and your daily life. It's not just something we read and know more about. Mm-hmm. It's someone we know more about and love more as we get to know them. So that's it for today. I hope you guys will tune in next week when we talk about some really incredible news of the Holy Spirit being being the person in us that helps us conquer temptation and sin. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's it from us. We'll see you next week. See you. Peace.